For the folks that are listening to this podcast that are in ministry or thinking about ministry, and you're looking around at, at the superhero pastors you know that might be these great leader personalities or magnanimous personalities and charismatic or really smart and theological, and, and you're saying, I don't match that. The Enneagram can help you be comfortable in your own skin. And as you hear that, say, well, no, Jesus should help me be comfortable in my own skin. Yes, Jesus can use the Enneagram and the Spirit to help you be comfortable in your own skin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the CPT Podcast. I'm Zach Wagner. Today, we are continuing our conversation with CPT Executive Director Joel Lawrence and CPT President Todd Wilson about the Enneagram and Todd's new book entitled The Enneagram Goes to Church. If you didn't listen to the previous episode that uh, begins this conversation, I encourage you to check that out on our podcast feed, and we will pick up right where we left off last week. I want to talk to both of you, maybe just a, a couple minutes, um, just because I'm mindful of time, a couple minutes on how you've seen, maybe Todd, you first, and then Joel, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear this from you as well, how you've seen this um, benefit your pastoral ministry. And take that in any direction you want. Um, but yeah, just uh, just maybe a couple minutes each, each reflecting on on that question. Uh, yeah, it's a great question and a and a good appropriate question. I uh, inside I'm kind of going ah! <laughs> because it's impacted my ministry in a million uh, in ways. So in a, in a million ways uh, because of uh, so I'm trying to figure out like what would be the most helpful thing to share. Yeah, and let I, me let me focus. Can I fo- can I focus the question yeah, just a little bit yeah, anecdotally? Sure, sure. And you can and you can push it elsewhere if you want. But I wonder in um, in perhaps like pastoral counseling situations. Sure. Todd, just yeah, like yeah. that kind of face to face, such and such congregant or staff person is is struggling, and 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 uh, you are trying to provide um, kind of yeah. s- that's that one on one spiritual mentoring sure. and shepherding. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, there's a number of things that would be running through my mind in a pastoral counseling situation. If there's a relational tension and 99% of pastoral counseling things are relational tensions, whether it's a marriage or a friend or, a, you know, whatever, yes. um, the, the Enneagram just sheds a ton of light on that. Most relational conflict is, I, I like putting it this way because it's a little provocative and it causes you to think, is personal, right? It's personal. <laughs> like we say, don't make it personal. But what I like to say is it, it's almost always personal. That is to it say is, it's it personality. It's a having function to do with of, persons. That's right. It's having to do with persons and their personalities. Anybody who's been married for any period of time knows that the vast majority of your conflict with your spouse is not because your spouse is a knucklehead or hates you. <laughs> right? It's because your spouse is a different kind of wired wiring than yours. And the miscommunications and the and kind of misalignments can be many. Uh, and, and that's the way it is for all of us. So that's a hugely helpful, Zach, I feel like, insight of the Enneagram. So that, you know, when I was earlier in ministry, I knew lots of Bible, lots of theology, and lots of theological anthropology, and lots of... Uh, uh, 
ways of kind of framing things up biblically and theologically. And when I would uh, like listen to someone talk about a relational conflict, I could read it theologically, but it, it lacked some layering that was needed. And as I grew just as a pastor and a person, and then with the help of the Enneagram, um, I was able to bring to bear in pastoral counseling situations a more subtle, layered understanding of interpersonal dynamics that were just lost on me as a kind of pastor, theologian, academic-y type of person. I just I just didn't have this, the, the maturity and yes. the subtlety and sophistication to see some of these things. Which is to say that the Enneagram for, I mean, people, I think— this would describe a lot of the types of people that probably listen to our podcast are inclined towards that kind of analytical scholarly bookish and type of intelligence. Yes. And um, that often does not go hand in hand with a relational or emotional intelligence. So I, I think I would say particularly for our audience, I would commend uh, this this book and the Enneagram in general to you as a tool for, for cultivating emotional and relational intelligence. Um, yeah. And, and can I just say one more thing about this is, is one of the things that was so helpful about the Enneagram was to realize that people in my 10 year ministry, decade long ministry at Calvary, uh, that people reacted and responded to my leadership and leadership initiatives and preaching, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. My early on in ministry, my temptation was to read that as if they didn't resonate with what I was doing, either by preach or the way I preached or approached to preaching or leadership or whatever. I would be tempted to say they're either uninformed or they're stubborn or lack courage or lack faith. It was very yes. tempting to moralize people yes. who dissented from my leadership initiative of preaching. Um, and as any pastor knows, that happens on a weekly basis as a pastor where people are like, yeah, I didn't like that sermon. Or yeah, I'm not with you on that pastor. And what the Enneagram helped me realize is so much of that over the years was I'm an eight in the Enneagram. I'm a I'm a kind of strong personality, eight in the Enneagram, and there are a lot of different personalities in my congregation and on my elder board and on my staff team. And much of the kind of response, reaction, resistance, even at times, to my leadership and and pastoral ministry had nothing to do with people were less spiritual than I was or not as informed about the Bible as I was. It had a lot more to do with the fact that they might be a six and they were anxious and nervous and wanted to ask a lot of questions at the congregational meeting, but I'm an eight and I didn't have any patience for them asking questions. Yes, <laughs> you know, I, no, that's good. I, I, and I, yeah, and I do want to talk a little bit just at the end. I want to talk a little bit about all all of our numbers because I think it's, there's something interesting yeah. there. Um, but Joel, well, we got to hear wonder, from Joel. Yeah, yeah, just questions on how this has been helpful and or, or thoughts on how it's been helpful for your ministry. I, I think you know, for for me, the it's the self knowledge piece. It it kind of came mm. along to me at a time as I was in a you know season of ministry. Um, I think struggling with with calling and my personality and how that fits with calling. I could walk into a room of pastors and look around and go, I'm not like a whole bunch of these cats. And so therefore, Mm. should I be doing this? Is this the right call? You know, all all of those kinds of things. And then coming to understand help the heavy Enneagram helped me understand myself. Um helped me to pivot from what I'm not to what I am 
in this calling, mm. right? Instead of that kind of comparative in a negative sense of I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm not that, to I am not yes. that, but I am this, and this is what I can bring. And that has real strengths that the church needs, that my congregation needs. Yeah. Now, that also yes. has weaknesses, right. and so we have to figure that out. But I think for yes. me, it was in that kind of maturation process of um, coming to be settled and okay with who I am in, in ways that yes. you, know, you struggle with as a younger person. You're, you're constantly kind of working through that of it's the comparison game of, of all the other things that other people are that I wish I was to a more settled. I'm not those things, but what I bring is important and is necessary. And God has called me to bring it. And so that kind of, it helped Mm. calm the internal fight that, that I was having with myself, with God, with my call, those kinds of things. That's if, really if good. I could just if I yeah if I could just jump in your Zach and at this at the risk of sounding like I'm shamelessly plugging the book again, <laughs> Joel, what Joel articulated is is um, I've heard that from so many pastors over the years um, is and and it's in fact the way I, I I frame the chapter in the book on leadership and that there are different ways of being a pastor and yeah. but but so often churches and other pastor, you know, we idolize certain personality types as like, that's a more pastoral way to be. That's like a natural leader personality type. And if you don't have that quote unquote natural leader personality type, then you're wondering to yourself, am I really cut out for this pastor thing? Or maybe you don't have the natural pastory kind of personality type. And that's a different, that can be a different sort of personality type or, or connotes different kinds of things and can make you feel, uh, feel insecure. So like in my case, I had, I, I have by personality more of a leader personality type, but I have less of a pastor personality type. And I have felt insecure over the years of like, I remember one congregant saying to me in a, in a more, in a, a painful moment, she said, pastor, when we called you, Todd, we thought we were calling a pastor. She said to me, hmm. and you know, there's probably a variety of reasons for her saying that to me at that time. But what, one of it was like, you don't fit the expectation of what it means to be a pastor. You're not real pastory. <laughs> and so I just think what Joel's saying there for, for the folks that are listening to this podcast that are in ministry or thinking about ministry and you're looking around at, at your at the superhero pastors you know that might yeah. be these great leader personalities or magnanimous personalities and charismatic or really smart and theological and whatever. Yes. And you're saying, I don't match that. Like yes. the Enneagram can help you be comfortable in your own skin. And, and yeah. as you hear that, say, well, no, Jesus should help me be comfortable in my own skin. Say, yes, Jesus can use the Enneagram there and the go. spirit to help you be comfortable in your own skin. Uh, yeah. So I commend the Enneagram to listeners struggling with what Joel so beautifully articulated just then. And, and I, I think it, it helps us to understand there is no single personality type for a pastoral vocation, right. right? And this is where the, the 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 transcendence of God, the calling of the Lord, is much greater than personality types, and we can get locked into, oh, well, that kind of person is clearly more pastoral. And I think all of us, if yes. God has a call in our lives, are called yeah. to be pastors. It's going to play out in different ways. So my 
pastoral nature is going to look different than Todd's pastoral yeah. nature, which is going to look different from another person's pastoral yeah. nature. But, and I think it both helps us then in that, but also calls us to kind of transcend these, these particular categories that we have built of what a pastor is as God calls yeah. and equips all kinds to do it. But we need help to figure out how that yes. works with us. That's where it really helped me. Hey, everybody, just a quick note about the CPT's annual theology conference for 2021. The theme this year is Confronting Racial Injustice, Theory and Praxis for the Church. This event will take place on October 18th to 20th at Calvary Memorial Church just outside of Chicago. Plenary speakers include Charlie Dates, Eric Redmond, Esau McCulley, Raymond Chang, Cherith Fee Nordling, Gregory Thompson, and Love Seacrest. You can register and find more information at cptconference.com. Guys, this has been great. I have uh, really enjoyed this conversation. We've, I think, helpfully kind of stayed a bit zoomed out thinking about personality and the Enneagram and pastoral ministry. And we haven't gotten much into the, because it it can get wacky and and, and fun once you get into the, the gritty details of of triads and trajectories and things, <laughs> right. and subtypes and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and uh, I want to just to end, there's something interesting about the three of us that I just realized as we're talking is that, and this is pretty basic Enneagram stuff. There are three triads. Um, you, they, can, you, they can be described as the, the head, the heart, and the gut triad, or also the fear, anger, and shame triads. Um, and I just noticed that we have a representative from all three triads here in this conversation. Um, That's right. My, myself um, being from the heart or or the shame triad, and then Joel, you uh, as a five, um, being from the the fear or the head triad, and then Todd, you the the gut and or the anger triad. So I thought. And I'll go first. We'll just take <laughs> kind of like anecdotally, yeah. um, like 30 seconds each, maybe 30, 45 seconds each to talk about your personality and like a couple things you have learned about yourself that have been meaningful for your personal growth relationship with the Lord or, or just something that you've really appreciated about learning about your type and something that's given, given you insight into. So I'll start. Um, and every time I hear people talk about the Enneagram on a podcast or something like that, all I want to hear them talk about is like, well, what's your number and how does that work? So I'm, I'm indulging, I'm indulging that, uh, dear listener for just a second, for just a couple of minutes here at the end. Um, so for me, I'm an Enneagram three with a four wing and the three um, can be called the the performer is or the achiever. Threes tend to be um, high achieving um, in school, in work, um, and they they tend to have a lot of interests, um, do fairly well at a lot of different things, and um, that is born out of a deep sense that you are loved for the things that you do and accomplish, 
not the things, uh, not, not the person that you are. Um, so for instance, one thing that, um, my self knowledge as a three tells me is that my personality is a big part of the reason why I have ended up, you know, getting ready to do doctoral level studies at a place like Oxford. Like that's the life stage that I'm at. And a three is a big, like I, I aim high and I target things because I need to do it to make myself feel valuable and loved. Mm. Um, but the Enneagram signals to me, um, Christ through the Enneagram, Todd signals yes. to me that even if I successfully, um, you know, complete my DPhil at Oxford and do maybe do really well and and really well accomplished in all that sense, it will absolutely just not be enough for me. And I, <laughs> I well, which is to say, not like oh, I got to keep going, but I need to realize that compulsively as part of my personality, I will lean into that to give myself meaning and to give myself myself a sense of value and like prove that I'm lovable. Um, and it's just not a, that would not be if I fully bought into that as my three ish tendency might be, um, that would not be, that would not be healthy. So, um, that is, uh, just my quick way longer than 30 seconds. Do as I say, not as I do. Um, anecdote. So, uh, Joel, why don't you go next? Yeah. Tell us a little bit I'll about jump being a five. In. Yeah. So, as, as a five, um, uh, the the thinking center with with fear. Um, the five is the investigator, and it's um, kind of perceptive and innovative. Um, but the the fear is that I will be exposed as um, not having all of the knowledge that. I desire to have it's a, it's that is where the 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 drive for knowledge becomes a self defense mechanism yes. and so my tendency is to is to isolate especially in places where I feel like I'm not going to be the expert on something yes. um and I think relationally that plays out in, 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 in my marriage again, you know, Todd, what you talked about, you wish you had had the Enneagram a lot further back in ministry. I, Mindy and I talk about, we wish we'd had it a lot earlier in our marriage <laughs> yes. because yes. she as a highly relational person and me as a, with tendency to withdraw that has created many dynamics over the, the, mm. the years. But, I think for me, again, what the Enneagram has helped me to do and um, conversations I've had with people over the years is to identify that fear and really work mm. against that withdrawal tendency to to move toward mm. the things that I'm afraid of to help open me up to to be a more connected person to people around me, but that's a struggle. I mean, that's, I have to work at that. That, that doesn't come naturally. It's super safe to withdraw into ideas and just kind of create a world of ideas. Um, but that also is, is very, um, that will shortchange the people around me. That will shortchange me. That will shortchange the kingdom and how God calls me to, to operate. So I think it's both the help in understanding what my strengths and weaknesses are, 
but also not settling into that and trying to push beyond mm. and, and move towards some of the things that will, will hold me back. Mm. Hmm. All right, man of the hour, bring, bring us home. What's it like? What's it like to be an ape? <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> uh, eights, the challenger in the Enneagram, in the body triad or the gut triad, uh, the anger triad, the doing triad, kind of all those different things. So eights, um, uh, navigate the world through their gut or, or instinct, you might say, or through their body. So they tend to be high energy, high impact kinds of people, uh, strategic, visionary types, impulsive, tend to be aggressive. Um, they, they, act, they act and then they think later <laughs> about their acting. <laughs> um, so, you know, eights tend to move fast in the world and, um, uh, struggle with, um, you know, at a very deep level, struggle with feeling their feelings. That's been a, a, a major sort of developmental mm-hmm. issue for me. Growth, you know, issue for me is, is I, I do. And then I think about my doing and justify my doing or back up my doing or rationalize my doing or reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, but to stop and think, what do I feel about what I'm doing? That mm-hmm. is a whole different category for me. Right. And, and, and something that I'm very, uh, trying to develop, um, slowing down in the world long enough to feel the feelings and to be a more integrated person. The one feeling that eights have very easy access to is the feeling of anger and even rage if it's directed at a person. Um, And that's, that can be the molten lava that animates and drives so much of the eights bigness in the world is, is anger. And I know that sounds kind of scary and, 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 um, uh, for people in the first year, they're like, whoa, you're, you're all that anger everywhere. Uh, it, it's I, think not it's, quite I, as- I think it's fair to say that the, when the, when the types are being described, the eights are the scariest. I think people, yes. I think that's, <laughs> that's how it comes right. right. Um, and, but eights are interesting because they, they know how to harness that anger. Uh, to yes. good effect, uh, they can harness it for good effect, right? It's not for yes. many other types of personalities. Anger is an unbelievably scary, uncontrolled emotion. And if you get anger going, you'll lose it. For an eight, you have become an expert in knowing how to leverage, utilize, and deploy anger for, it may not be productive purposes in, uh, in other people's but for minds. Your own, for your own ends. For That's, your own ends and agenda. Yes. And that doesn't mean, yep. and, and again, that doesn't mean like, anger, you're going to go get in a fist fight and win because you're angry. That's not what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about like productiveness. Yes. Drivenness. Courageousness. Yes. Like doing courageous, standing up yes. for injustice. Combating yes. people that are nuts. <laughs> you know, yes. All this kind of stuff. Like that's animated by a deep sense of like dissatisfaction with some kind of injustice or maltreatment of other people that fires and ate up big time and gets them yes. going in the world. Uh, mm. So it's, it's an interesting ride being an eight. Yeah. But I would just less, less um, you, you effectively defended yourself as an eight here, but lest we, you know, I talk about it, it, it sounds scary, but to your point that there is no better advocate for someone who is oppressed or experiencing injustice or or someone who is vulnerable than an eight who is is able to harness the 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 anger that many people may feel yes. when they see that injustice 
the 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 superpower of the eight is being able to harness that anger for action. Um, yeah, that's right. Which is why when you get down to it, eights are just a bunch of teddy bears that just want to protect yeah. and and keep everybody safe. Yes. Um, which is uh, which is maybe like a mama grizzly sort of sort of sort of thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, this has been great. Um, I yeah, really enjoyed you, this. Uh, I think that the Enneagram, to, to varying degrees, I've yet to write a book about it, but it's, I think it's a hobby <laughs> horse for all three of us a little bit. Yes, um, yes. So this is fun. And I really hope um, those of you listening will find this helpful. And be sure to, Todd, I'm going to have you say the title so I don't get it wrong again. Uh, the, be sure to pick up. The Enneagram, Enneagram Goes to Church, Wisdom for Leadership, L- Wisdom for Leadership, Worship, and Congregational Life. And, and Zach, maybe just quickly say, it's, got, it's not a long book about the no. Enneagram, the dynamics and mechanics. It's mainly, there's a little bit of that, but it's mainly the Enneagram applied to preaching, leadership, yes. congregational care, worship, teamwork, and then the life of your congregation as a whole. So those are different chapters, really the heart of the book there. Yeah, very practical. All right. Well, thanks, Todd, for uh, you know, thank you, subjecting thanks, yourself Joel. to being a, being a guest on your own podcast. Thanks for joining <laughs> That's us, Joel. Right. Uh, Absolutely, guys. Everybody, uh, appreciate it. Enjoy Great to the rest of you your guys. Day. Yep. Bye. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CPT Podcast, a theology podcast for the church. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider throwing us a like, sharing the podcast online, subscribing, leaving a review. Uh, Anything like that would go a long way towards helping other people hear about the podcast. Uh, The CPT Podcast is a ministry of the Center for Pastor Theologians. You can learn more about the CPT by visiting us at pastortheologians.com. You can also find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Our host for today's episode was Todd Wilson. Our producer and editor was Trenton Jones. Our music was composed by Andrew Gerlicher. I'm Zach Wagner. Thanks for listening.